Amen? That's good. Okay. Thank you, ladies, so much. Uh, we're going to let, I think, what age is Joanna? K through three? Okay. Kindergarten through third grade. Can, uh, you guys can move out towards the back. <clears throat> ladies, it is a privilege to have you with us. And uh, to have an opportunity to hear the grace of God exalted. Today we're going to be <coughs> sharing in the Lord's table together. <clears throat> Before we do that, I just want to turn our attention to a uh, passage of Scripture found in 1 Peter chapter 3. I'd like you to turn there with me. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. A verse that for the last few years has become very precious to me in sharing the gospel, the good news of Christ, that there is hope and that there is grace that is made available through what Jesus Christ has done for us. It's in this one verse that Peter summarizes much of the glorious gospel of Christ. 1 Peter 3 and verse 18, he says, For Christ died for our sins once for all, all people and all time, the righteous for the unrighteous or the just for the unjust, to bring you to God. That is his purpose. What did Jesus do? This passage of Scripture, I believe, makes it very clear. Christ died for our sins. Christ died for our sins. What kind of death is it that Jesus died? And what I want to do is give you three adverbs that tell us how Jesus died. Jesus died, according to the Scriptures, knowingly. He died knowingly. If I turn back to Mark chapter 8 and read for you verse 31, Jesus speaking to his disciples, says, it says this, He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke so plainly about this that Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Christ died for our sins not as a mistake, not as a plot that he pushed too far, not because he inadvertently upset some of the wrong kind of people. Christ died for our sins knowingly. He chose the cross. He died for our sins, the Word of God also tells us, willingly. I read for you Mark chapter 10 and verse 32. It says, They were on their way up to Jerusalem where Jesus was leading the way. And the disciples were astonished, while the, those who followed were afraid. They knew something ominous was about to take place. Again, he took the twelve aside and told them what was going to happen. We are going to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death, and will hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him, and spit on him, and flog him, and kill him. Folks, what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross, He did knowingly, He did it willingly. Mark 10, verse 45 says this, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life up as the ransom payment for the sins of many. The Word of God also tells us this, that the Savior died for us brutally. He chose knowingly, willingly to die brutally in our place for our sin because the wages of our rebellion against God 
is death. You can go to the accounts of the Garden of Gethsemane and begin to capture the magnitude of what Jesus knowingly and willingly chose. What He chose was to die brutally for our sin. That's how much He loves us. If you wonder if Jesus Christ loves you, my challenge to you is this. Look to the cross. There you will be affirmed in the fact that Jesus Christ knowingly chose Garden of Gethsemane as He contemplates the incredible nature of what He is about to experience. He could talk about it days before from a distance, but when He is close to it, the Word of God tells us, He literally shudders and physically trembles so much that Father in Heaven sends angels to attend Christ in His human form so that He could complete the will of God, which was to pay the price for our sin for dying willingly, knowingly, and brutally in our place. Not as a mistake. Friends, one of the most glorious truths of the New Testament is this. When you understand that what Jesus experienced, He chose for you. Not because it was deserved, but because it was necessary to bring, as the Word of God says, many sons to glory, many daughters into His family. He had to pay the ransom price. Why? We had rebelled against God, deserved separation from Him in hell forever. He came and on the cross became your sin bearer. He took your hell. So 1 Peter 3.18 goes a step further. Christ died for our sins once for all. Who? The righteous for the unrighteous. The just for the unjust. The one who had never sinned, who was innocent. For those who had missed the mark and who who had fallen short of what God expects from them. Folks, our sin is expressed in two ways. We fail to be righteous. And when there is a standard established in our lives, our human tendency is to do what? If the sign says don't step on the grass, what do I want to do? I want to step on the grass. You look at your child when they're little and you say don't touch that. And they're looking at you and they're reaching out their hand Why? Because bound up in the heart of humanity is an inability to be righteous and a tendency, a bent, to do what is wrong. Folks, Christ died the just for the unjust. And in that statement, Peter captures some fabulous truth, doesn't he? He's telling us about the nature of the Savior that he lived with for three years. Peter's testimony to the character of Christ is he was the just who died for the unjust. Why? Not because he was forced. Not because he was coerced. But because he loves you, he chose to give his life as a ransom payment for your rebellious heart and for mine. The just for the unjust, the unjust is unqualified. Doesn't matter how deep the sin, how perpetual the sin, how entrenched the sin. The just died for the unjust. Once for all people, once for all time. And then there's the glorious truth that follows in this verse. It tells us why Jesus would knowingly, willingly, and brutally die to save us, the just for the unjust, his purpose. What is his purpose? First Peter three eighteen says this. He does it to bring you to God. 
to bridge the gap between righteousness and unrighteousness. He lays the crossbeam of a cross. And everyone who by faith will acknowledge that they are unjust can move towards the just who died to pay the price for their sin. He did it to to rescue us from the judgment that we deserve by becoming the one who bears our judgment. One has illustrated it this way. He is the judge who sits at the bench, who declares the verdict, the penalty, and then takes off his robe, gets down and submits himself to pay the penalty that he has just rendered upon that individual. In that is just for the unjust, what we call biblically the substitutionary nature of the death of Christ. He takes my sin, he takes my place, and he takes the hit that I deserve. Folks, that's why on Palm Sunday, Jesus comes. He presents himself. He says to disciples, his disciples, now we are going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be delivered over into the hands of sinful men and will die on the cross to pay their price for their sin. He chose to become our sacrifice and our substitute. And in that, He is doing for us what we could never do for ourselves. We can never pay the full, full, full price of our sin. No, what we deserve is God's judgment. Jesus took what you and I deserve so that He might bring you to God. So that He might take you to the place where the Father's love can be gloriously expressed for you. Christ died for our sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, so that He might bring you to God. How? He was put to death in the body, but made alive, vindicated in the Spirit. Now folks, this morning we're going to participate in celebrating the Lord's table together. We have, in the songs that we have sung and in the testimonies that have been shared with us, been exposed to illustrations of God's amazing grace. This passage of Scripture before us captures the heart of God's love for us. How deep, how amazing, how vast that He would send His only Son to make a wretch His treasure. This morning, I conclude with three simple thoughts. Have you trusted Christ? Do you know the Savior personally? Have you seen that He, the just, died for you, the unjust, and gone to God and said, God, it is for my sin that Jesus died. And I believe that He paid the price for my sin, and I want a personal relationship with Him. The lady so beautifully sung for us that song, Cry Out jesus folks that's what the thief on the cross does a vile man beside a perfect man sees a substitute bearing the price of his sin and says lord will you remember me he cries out the response of christ today you will be with me in paradise my friend this morning it doesn't matter where you're coming from it doesn't matter how deep your sin is how unknown it is how unrevealed it is In Jesus Christ, there is a glorious and wonderful Redeemer for you.
in spite of how unjust you are. There is a Savior. As many as receive Him, to them He gives the authority to become sons and daughters of God. If you're here this morning and you are a brother or sister in Christ, you have trusted in the shed blood of Christ. As we come to the Lord's table this morning, we are being reminded of His sacrifice, of what the just did for the unjust. And as you come in a little bit to receive these elements, what I want to challenge you to do is this. Look into your heart. Examine your heart. And realize that if you find sin there, there is hope for you. There is forgiveness for you this morning. You don't have to live with sin hidden in your life. There is a Savior who died to pay the price for that sin. Who shed His blood so that you could become His child and so that you could become clean as His child even when there is failure in your life. The Lord's table has come to on a regular basis. Why? Because on a regular basis, we need to be looking into our lives and laying hold of what the just did for the unjust so that we might enjoy an uninterrupted relationship with the Father. The glorious privilege of every believer. The third thing I would challenge you to do this morning is this. In light of the fact that Jesus knowingly and willingly accepted a brutal death on Calvary's cross. Would you bow before Him as we receive the elements in humble gratitude and deep appreciation and adoration for all that Jesus Christ has done for you? Folks, it is so easy for us to take for granted what Christ has done. To know that our eternity is secure, but to forget how it became secure. It became secure because Jesus Christ chose to do for you what you could never do for yourself. To bear the full price of your sin so that you could have a personal relationship with Him. One songwriter put it this way. He said, A debtor to mercy alone. Of covenant mercy I sing. I come with your righteousness on my humble offering." to bring the judgments of your holy law with me can have nothing to do my savior's obedience and blood hide all my transgressions from view folks let the joy of what christ has done for you overwhelm you and change you and draw you to the foot of the cross this morning if you never trusted him to own him as savior today if you have trusted him to confess your sin because there is a Redeemer. He died for your sin. And to express to Him deepest, profoundest gratitude for all that He has done for us. Let's bow our heads together this morning.